You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 103, recorded February 22nd, 2021. The topic for this episode is The Once Ship Stealer, Part 2. I am your host for this episode. My name is Orchid. And I am Elemist. Hello. Yo. Yo. We're recording on a Monday, not a Sunday, so it's quite weird right now. <laughs> Everything is all thrown off. Yeah. We encourage. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just like during the week, recordings just hit way differently than weekend morning recordings. They do. Just a bit. Right. <laughs> just a little bit. We encourage feedback that can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore at hey it's orchid that's me and at I underscore am underscore elemist nailed it. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast or you can find us in our discord of the lore hub. There is an invite in the description of this episode. You can also find our info at thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. Woo. Elemist. There is some destiny things that happened this week. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> what up? So, Presage. What do you think? It is a really fun mission. I seriously loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny because the first time we went through they have lines from characters who are you know from our past mm-hmm. who are no longer possibly no longer with us because yeah callus is among them and uh it's funny because the fire team that i was with mm-hmm. we muted everybody else in the party so only the three of us could hear each other but they could hear everything we were going through. And it was funny because every step of the way, apparently we would say something and the rest of the party would go, yep, that's exactly what we said. <laughs> oh, it's a trash compactor, like Star Wars. Yeah, that's exactly what we said. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I bring the, the potentially dead characters up is because we ran through it and we literally got into a half a minute argument of, well, no. Callus just said this. No. Mm-hmm. I had Aldrin. No. I had Cade. Okay, fine. But I had Aldrin. Well, that can't be because I just heard Cade. Yeah, it's all different characters. Right. I had Sagira. It was really sad. I got the Sagira line tonight as I was trying to play. Mm, my heart. <laughs> oh, I, I sat there and I was like, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. 
but that's that's gonna be oh. some really fun lore to dive into later on yeah the uh, captain's log mm-hmm. is really good um and i know we're gonna do that uh really soon here in a couple of weeks so i'm looking forward to it because uh, i'm stoked as I in, like, tore next into week. that lore book the minute it dropped. I read it and I was just like, "What am I reading?" <laughs> yeah, a couple weeks, as in next week. Yeah, next week we're gonna be doing it, so we couldn't wait. Like we had all this other stuff scheduled, and then we were like, "Nah, nah, we gotta do it." Yep. Yeah. So. Very excited. Um, so now that you've used the um, the Yi Scout, what do you think of it? The what? The Yi Scout, because there's different denominations of Yeehaw for Tex Mechanica um, guns. So it's the Yi Scout. <laughs> okay. Um, so what do you think of the Yi Scout? I actually really enjoy it. It, it's really slow firing. It is, but it like it compensates for that. It hits mm-hmm. hard. Um, it really does. I mean, it it hits like three times harder than my trusty. Mm-hmm. And anybody who plays alongside me knows that I love that gun. Um, right. So like, I'm enjoying it because just it hits so hard and every every precision hit increases the damage mm-hmm. so it's just i'm having fun with it uh, what about you orchid i really like it um but coming at it from like a pvp standpoint unless you have really good aim it is not the gun that i would choose definitely not so, for pvp um, i could see it for invading in gambit yeah it's a good yeah it would be a really good invading gun um the the actual like range drop off is like 75 um meters 75 feet or something 75 meters it's really far yeah like it's great i i took it into a couple um gambit matches over the weekend and it i just mapped people it was fun. Yeah. I'm um pretty I don't know. I'm not I'm see I'm even I don't know. Like I'm not a huge Tex Mechanica fan and it's because a lot of their guns are hip fire. So I'm not probably gonna use this gun very much. Hip fire guns tend to be better on console than they are on PC. Just by nature. I see a lot more like last word on PC than I or on Xbox than I do on PC. Which well, is and, weird. And I mean, honestly, this is among the few Tex Mechanica weapons that are actually meant for not PvP. Yeah. Cause you've got true. the first curse, you've got the last word, you've got chaperone. Those are mm-hmm. all PvP weapons. Yep. And then you've got yeah. Dead Man's Tail and Prospector being mm-hmm. Oh, and uh Huckleberry. Huckleberry, Huckleberry is good in PvP though. Right. Huckleberry can PvP. go 
between all game modes it, because if it can go both ways, <laughs> uh, it can go three ways. Ooh. Um, but it's that is the only one that sits in all three mm-hmm. realms, right? But I mean, Prospector is PVE. And it's mm-hmm. not even used that much. It was for a little bit. <laughs> for Riven. It was used in Riven for a little bit. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And then people found out cutting her toenails was more effective. Yep. Yeah. But it's 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 cool. Like it's it is a fun weapon. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not using it for a whole lot outside of just right. playing with it. Right. Um. So what do you think of like the atmosphere of the actual mission itself? Oh, my God. And kind of like the vibe and so creepy. Because a lot of people, a lot of people are like dead space vibes and um i got dead space vibes and um some zero hour vibes off of it there um, were there's some, they used some of the same sounds from zero hour on this mission yeah and it was really nice to see some of the assets from leviathan used in this well and and so a little bit i never played dead space like i have the mm-hmm. games i just never actually got around to playing them because Mm-hmm. I got so sucked into Destiny. Um, but my teammates were saying that it's got some Dead Space vibes. It reminded me of some of the the flood missions in Halo. Yes, it did. Where like you're running from the flood, all you have is a flashlight and a shotgun, and good luck. Yeah. Um, uh, did you recognize the hanger is the halo hanger? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I was literally having that conversation 30 minutes ago. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Like all these little things that people are noticing now, um, that people have done it for almost a week. So like all these little hidden Easter eggs are coming out of the woodworks and it's just like, it's so good and Bungie was like super tight lipped about it and I love it right. when they drop stuff like this on us and it's just like it was like oh yeah week two week three week, here you go <laughs> it's like what okay and and even then Thanks. like it it was literally a drop from an alternate path in a strike mm-hmm. like that is the the kind of stuff that we love Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it was everything about the mission, the weapon, the quest. It's all been really good. Well done, Bungie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. And I mean, even um even seeing the guardian at the end, it's just it's this is another mission in the long line of Bungie. Are you okay? 
missions in right. war that we've seen over the past year and it's getting weirder and worse and Bungie, I I don't think you're okay anymore. And I'm really ready to send somebody to your houses to check on you. Because I think it's been too long. <laughs> well, and, and my goodness, we are going to be diving into the actual mission when we actually cover the, the lore book itself. But yes, the thing that I'm I'm really loving is the fact that it's diving into lore about what those planets that disappeared Mm -hmm. like that is the anomaly that it's talking about yes and i love that Mm -hmm. because we had a a good enough answer of they just disappeared Mm -hmm. you know it's osiris doesn't know what happened he's he's out there researching it but we don't know so, like, that was good enough. But then they throw mm-hmm. this mission in there, and it's like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've I've heard some people be like, oh, Osiris is just crazy and old. He doesn't know. And I'm like, no, that's science. That's the way science works. You have a hypothesis, and a lot of times, like, once you're given enough data, like, you're proven wrong. And that's kind of the nature of hypotheses, is that you're supposed to prove it wrong. Yeah. Like... So you can make a new hypothesis. Like that's the whole point of science. Like literally, that's science. It's it's like literally it about making an educated guess and then proving whether you're right or wrong. And if you're wrong, make a yeah. new educated guess based off of the new information you have. Mm-hmm. You know, and you keep going until you actually get the answer. That is what science I, is. Yeah, and that's what we do with lore too. Yeah. Yeah. We just keep going until we get the answer. We don't get the answer sometimes, but but I love this mission. I love everything about it. Like it is so fun. I can't. I run it a couple of times. I ran it um with uh my friend Chaos on Tuesday on stream. Um and then on Thursday, I ran it with our friends from another Destiny podcast. I ran it with um, Newt and Colossus. <laughs> and that's the link that you sent me. Uh-huh. I think that was the worst run I've ever done of any boss fight ever. It was so chaotic. It was just like the raid that we did, but this. It's like when the three of us get into a room together, like the IQ drops to like negative points and it just delights me. I love the two of them so much. Oh yeah. I'm a do shout out. If you guys don't listen to another Destiny podcast, like they are funny. And they're Canadian, so you know they're really nice. Oh, I'm just gonna they, be like they really are some of the best. Just, they're so they're just they're great. They are some of the so, best. Yeah. I think you can find them wherever you can find podcasts, but, you know, like typing another Destiny podcast into Google is kind of shooting yourself in the foot. So I think you just need to find it on like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. I think the easiest way is to find ADP Colossus on Twitter. Actually, it's at Podcast Destiny. Is there actual podcast? That works. Yes. So... 
anything else on this lore book or on this mission? Anything like really strike you? Uh, aside from the fact that I'm trying solo flawless and dying at the f- freaking trash compactor. Um, <sighs> what weapon are you using to kill the? Um, heritage slug shoddy. Mm. I'm just using my super to get through it and a submachine gun. I tried using xenophage and it doesn't do any damage. <laughs> well, and and heritage one shots it. But you're having to also deal with screebs that come in. Mm-hmm. So that's where my super yeah. goes. Yeah. Um, and there's a kind of a cheese for it. Apparently, right. you can shatter dive. Yes. And break the, the openings before they actually open up. You know, before the floor um, opens up for them. Wow. Another thing shattered I've breaks. That doesn't surprise me at all. Good job. Because stasis doesn't break the game. Nope. <laughs> like, ever. Stasis, what's that? Game-breaking thing? Oh, lol. Right. Uh, that's funny. But no, I'm, I'm just sit, sitting here enjoying the actual mission. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, the the mission is really good, and I love like all the secret bits in it, and the scannables, and the Easter eggs, and everything. It's just really good. Yeah. So shall we move into a lore network ad before we, you know, go past this cliffhanger that we left last week? Absolutely. Nice. The Lore Network. Tune into the Spin Foil Theory Podcast for questions. Who is an or? Who is an or? What is what is an or? What is that? For queries. Did the hive really just body shame the Vex into changing their frames? For special guests. All the guests. For Spin Foil Theory. The Spinful Theory Podcast. Insert information here. So he didn't. He didn't give the. He didn't give the information. We didn't give, he didn't give the information. Oh, uh, yeah. Spinful Theory is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Uh, you can also get us at at Twitter at Spinful Theory and or uh, uh, Spinful Theory at gmail.com. So how was that ad? It left me feeling all tingly. Oh my god. You should see a doctor about that. <laughs> oh lord. Um, brief intro into the topic. This lore book is obtained by completing various European triumphs, such as completing the Beyond Light campaign, Empire Hunts, and the Deep, Stro- Deep Stone Crypt Raid. Words are hard. For the first part of this lore book, please go back and listen to the previous episode, episode 102. Elmas, would you like to read the next one? Sure. I will be covering seven. The scribe. Aramis and Varix stand in the shadow of a half-constructed city. Her people have salvaged bits and pieces from the Elixni hideouts across the system and lashed them to the ruins of a Golden Age facility. 
building something new from something old. It's elixny flesh on the bones of humanity's failure, nestled in the icy tundra of Europa. She watches Varix's face as he looks up. There's something familiar there, an awe that she remembers from a long time ago. It will be a new Reese, she says, raising her eyes to the scaffolding before them. A new home for our people. No more running. No more living on the outskirts. Varix looks away, finally, to meet Aramis's eyes. What of the devils? He speaks, Elixni. It surprises her. Old names, she says, dismissive. Leave the old names and the old ways in the past. Just as she remembers, Varix doesn't let his awe stand in the way of practicality. His gaze has turned appraising. And why choose this place? Why choose this frozen moon? I saw it in a dream. She can feel his skepticism. She doesn't blame him, actually. Since the prison break, he's been hiding somewhere. Some forgotten corner of the system, waiting for judgment to come. He gifted his people with freedom and then built himself a cell of isolation. He can't see beyond what he thinks he knows. And why did you call for me? He asks. There is a hardness in his voice. After everything, we are not allies, Aramis. Old ways, she says again. If the Elixni are to survive, we need to abandon all memory of division. Petty squabbles, house politics. I want to wipe it all clean. She looks up at the scaffolding again. This will be a new world, Varix. New ideas. New stories. We will be known and remembered as something new. Varix follows her gaze. Now his voice has softened. And why me? Aramis turns to face him fully now. He fears her still. She sees it in the hunch of his shoulders, the way he turns his face to the side, as if looking at her head-on will hurt his eyes. In the new world, she says, I will need a scribe. Hot damn. Right? I mean, they do, they do have the same end goal, just different ways of getting there. Yeah. He wants to preserve the old ways, and she wants to toss them out the window, which, I mean, is really counterproductive to what he wants. So I don't know why he would join with her at all, ever. But I think, it, like, I'm, I'm trying to step into the mindset for Varix, and I think it's more of, like, he wants to help establish his people first, get them to mm -hmm. safety, get them a as a united people and then he can start bringing back the old ways the old culture mm -hmm. he's looking at survival then tradition mm -hmm. i mean she wants to throw the baby out with the bath water and also the bathtub and also probably the bathroom 
and, you know, burn down the house while we're at it. Complete anarchy. Maybe, like, lock the wife inside. <laughs> I like... see. I see what you did there. Burning down the house. <laughs> the Elixney houses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> but I mean, it's this pains me because I can I really feel more for Varix than I ever do for her. So, right. Like, and just saying, like, I'll need a scribe, like, bitch, please. Varix is way too good for that. Like, he's doing his best to survive and, like, keep your ways. And, like, you're just like, write my shit down, please. Nah. Right. She's frustrating. She's, like, endlessly frustrating to me. And and that's part of the problem that I find that, that Varix is having to essentially overcome. Mm -hmm. Because... Like, I love Varix. I have that bias that he is on the right track for his own people. But I can also yeah, see so. Aramis's point of view. Like, mm -hmm. she is focused on the now. Right. Varix has the long-term goal in mind, but he is mm -hmm. settling for focusing on now to get that short-term goal accomplished. And then he can move into the long-term. Right. Yeah. Let's see what happens next. This is... I had to look at that and decipher the number for a second. Eight. <laughs> I can read. The council. Old friend. There's a bloody grin in Phylax's voice as she claps Aramis's hand and pulls her close to her chest. Critis stands behind Phylax, tall and ethereal. They're exactly as Aramis remembers them. Phylax chuckles. I always said no prison will hold her. Aramis laughs, easy and familiar. It's as if nothing has changed. She's transported back to her house devil's days. The days of assignments in the darkest, grimmest parts of her old stomping grounds. The Cosmodrome, with no one but these two for company. They laid waste to members of encroaching houses, raised human settlements to the ground, dreamed about the day they could challenge and strike down their own kel to take up the mantle for themselves. But Critis looked behind Aramis, not at her, and soon Phylax does the same. Her eyes narrow. She lurches forward past Aramis to grab Varric set by his neck. Traitor dreg! Phylax hisses and spits, cringing little. Varric scrambles and kicks like a creature in a trap. Phylax, he gasps. Praxis and Atrax stand to the side, waiting to meet the veterans of the old house. They watch without concern, though Praxis looks pleased. They do not intervene. Phylax tightens her fist. Let him go, Aramis says. Phylax looks at Aramis and then drops Varric. She says nothing, but Aramis can feel her disapproval. Critis is too, 
doubt creeps into their minds. His crimes are undeniable, Aramis says, dismissive. She doesn't look at Varric's, but hears his tortured breathing as he scrambles back away from Phylax. But he's all that remains of house judgment. You've no special love for scribes, Curtis says skeptically. Aramis inclines her head. No, but a scribe who can draw the ear of the reef elixney? Phylax grunts in understanding, but still looks unimpressed. She returns to Curtis's side. Curtis, on the other hand, looks pleased. Clever, she says. Before they can question her further, Aramis changes the subject. But I didn't call you here for politics. She gestures with one of her secondary arms. Come, let me show you what we've built. So everybody finds out that Varix is with Aramis. And they are not pleased. Nope. And understandably so. I mean, he was their jailer. Yeah. I mean, would you trust the person that essentially turned you in, one of your own people that turned you in? Well, I mean, did he turn them he in? He had to watch you. No, but he had to watch them. Right. At the behest of the humans. Right. So he took care of them as best as he could, but they saw it as a trait, you know, at... Yeah. He was betraying them. Yeah. I mean, I kind of uh, see it both ways. I, I do, it's too. hard. Yeah. And like, I understand the feelings of Critis and Atrax, but I also understand where Varix is coming from because, mm -hmm. you know, he was doing what he thought was best for his people. And at the time, mm -hmm. his people were the House of Wolves he got so into the role that he had that when the house of wolves defected and then became decimated, he just kept going on with the role that he had. Right. I mean, it's interesting that she's just keeping him like simply because he was in house judgment when she has no love lost for any of the houses. Right. And then uses that as the excuse. Right. Yeah. Like, Aramis is a badass, as we've seen in last episode. But I'm really starting to feel for Varix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, the, you can tell the stress is starting to weigh on him. Yeah. You really can. Should I continue on? Yeah. I will be covering 9, the Kell of Darkness. When the Obsidian ship descends on Europa... Aramis is prepared. Her counsel by her side. Varix, Phylax, Critis, Praxis, and Atrax. She greets its arrival with bated breath. The foreign whispers return. This time, they say, Do not wait to be chosen. Choose for yourself. Choose salvation. Aramis boards the ship and chooses strength. It is in this moment, as she holds the cold and ancient power in her hands, that House Salvation is born. So I believe we saw this cutscene, I think. And if not, like we saw her crush the shard. At the very beginning of... of Beyond Light, we might have seen it. Yeah. Like before and that's we. That's what I'm wondering. Before we actually yeah. jumped into that mission. Uh huh. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm wondering if this is that cutscene. Yeah. Could be. Mm-hmm. But I like how it's choose salvation, and she's just like, she chooses strength. Like, she is such the embodiment of strength. I, re- I really like Aramis <laughs> as a character. I really like her. God damn it. <laughs> she's a strong female. And, and she, is. she is a well-written villain. She's and, so good. And it's it's not even that she's a villain for the sake of being a villain. She's a, a villain for good reasons. Like, she's trying to save her people. Mm-hmm. And if we were in the same situation, I'm sure we would try and do the same shit. Like... Mm-hmm. That's what it's boiling down to is the fact that, yeah, she's a villain and her methods are in direct contradiction to what we believe as guardians. Mm -hmm. But I can't fault her. I can't fault her either. That's the problem. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. So good. It is. And we actually get more whispers from. The fleet. Yeah. As the fleet it, that's now here. As it tends to do. Yeah, seriously. The fleet that's now here. Uh. Right. All right. My goodness. I will read the next one. This is 10, the warrior. I am Phylax, once warrior of house devils, once child of home race. I speak now to Elixni still scattered. Listen close. There is no repeating. Death to house devils. Ashes to homeries. I cast off these useless things, and I pledge my life here to race reborn. To Aramis and her house salvation. I fought many battles and found no warrior above the knife will of Aramiskel. Together we sieged the walls of the earth city with weapons in every claw. Side by side we spilled life force across the system. No catch was out of her reach. No death could seize her. Even enchained by the wretched reefborn, she grew only stronger in mind and body. Calchas, Scolas, Axis. Resurrect them all and watch her reduce them to dregs. Her new claimed power is beyond any they wielded, beyond any our people ever knew, and she will grant it to all who unite under her banner. Even now, as lieutenant, I share in that with her. Side by side, our bodies thrum with the same ice-cold energy. Energy to drag the great machine from the sky and fortify our new city with its metal hide. Energy to defeat the wretched of this system and feed our children with this battle bounty. Energy to reign beyond a thousand lifetimes. All you now hear, I am Phylax, the warrior of darkness. Life to Reese reborn. Victory to the Cal of Darkness. Glory to the house salvation. This sounds like it sounds like a, a propaganda s- storytelling. 
Like I was gonna say the ravings of a lunatic. Except he's he's not. Like I mean, they're all trying to get people to Aramis or Elixni to Aramis's side. So this would be Phylax's propaganda. You know, all you now hear. I am Phylax, the warrior of darkness, life to Rees reborn, victory to the Kell of Darkness, glory to the House Salvation. So I, I just, I see this as, and, and none of it actually has quotations. So like, this could easily be just a recording to himself or an internal monologue, but yeah. It very much sounds like a speech from a dais. Like he's giving it to a crowd of Elixney or like over a radio. Yeah, I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. And we end up getting um, a who's who of fallen Kells. We do. Well, not necessarily Kells, but. A who's who of fallen. Fallen, fallen, yeah. Um, so it talks about Kelkis, who is um, the Kel of House of Stone. Uh, there are only three or four items in D1 that actually talked about this this Kel. Um, the Broken Crown, which says Elixni songs still tell of Kelkis, Kel of Stone, who stood before the Maw. Then there's the Doom of Kelkis. Uh, where is the Great Machine? Where is the Great Machine? Kelkis, Kel of Stone. And then there's Doom of Kelkis, Adept. All is silent. Nothing answers me. The hunger comes. Kelkis, Kel of Stone. Now, we know that Kelkis is dead. Mm-hmm. Because... The way the hive do things is they make the weapons out of their enemies. And we got the doom of Calchas. So every time you use that scout rifle, you are literally using a dead elixir. Mm-hmm. I don't feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. It's it's those guns that are, you know, where ex-gods are now guns or, you know, dead elixir are now guns. You know, like, bodies into guns is not a thing I enjoy. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I'm just not into it. Just not into it. Um, <laughs> But then they mentioned Skolas, which at this mm-hmm. point everybody knows as the former Kel of Kells. Mm-hmm. You know, the self-proclaimed Kel of Kells. Who actually wasn't. Right. Uh, and then Axis, who was mm-hmm. the Archon Prime, if I remember yep. correctly. Yeah. For the Devil Splicer. The Devil Splicers. Yeah. What up? I remembered something. <laughs> like, <laughs> go me. Like, it was just fun because <laughs> you came across, across those names and I'm like, <gasps> mentions. I had to think about it for a second. Yeah. Right. Hey. See the crisis. What up? <laughs> and and for our listeners, it was funny because when she came across the word Kelkis, she was like, "How do you spell that? How, how do you how say do that? I what say it? Yeah." And I'm like, uh, "Kelkis, like the scout rifle from King's like, Fall." 
and she That'd had this good. she had this moment of realization like <gasps> <laughs> that's essentially verbatim what happened <laughs> i feel very sheepish <laughs> no it was it was good cuz i mean you could have read over it and i totally would not have thought anything of it mm-hmm. and having to actually go back and and help you understand like what you know how to say it it got me mm-hmm. remembering oh hey we have additional shit here mm-hmm. i mean like access i once you mentioned um once you mentioned calcus like access i zoned in on because of wrath of machine Right. And Skolas because of House yeah. of Wolves and mm-hmm. all that shit. Yeah. All that. Oh, yep. Nostalgia is the most dangerous drug. It really is. Oh, man. Give me another hit. Read me the next one. <laughs> all right. I will be covering 11, the technocrat. This is Braxis. The technocrat speaking from Rees Reborn. It has become evident that, even as our numbers grow, many Elixni have yet to accept our Kells invitation to take part in the long-awaited progress of our people. Thus, it falls to me to make an argument I did not think I would have to make. No, that is false. I did anticipate some degree of cowardice, obstinacy, stupidity, whatever you might call it, but only in the beginning, when we lacked evidence for our endeavor. At this late stage, however, when Aramis Kell succeeds where all others failed, alas, I might find it hard to believe if I could not see the empty spaces in our half-filled capital. Or heard the whispers of doubt sown by the weakling of house light. Yes, even from this moon of some distance, I can tap into your transmission, Miss Rax. Others may call you forsaken, but I dub you foolish, clinging still to that moon-sized obsolescence. Do you forget the lesson we teach our children? A catch laden with the unnecessary, will never fly. As for those of you following in his example, placing your faith in peace with our enemies, well, what good are the words of a scientist if you ignore what is before your own eyes? I can only encourage you to truly think. What proofs have your alleged allies offered of their loyalty? their willingness to share equally with you. How have you benefited, truly benefited, from them? If you answer, none yet, or I don't know, I admire your patience. For myself, for Michael, for all of us of house salvation, The time has grown too long and the failures too many to invest in such a flimsy experiment. The elixir must 
update our approach if we are ever to rise. Either join us as we march toward progress, or be swept aside with the vestigialities. Well, this is very... um, I'm not happy with this. Or Mithrax. All of the Elixni are like, yeah, nah. (laughs) Nah, brah. Nah. Not doing it. And Mithrax is like, yeah, nah. (laughs) We're not involved in this. We don't want your whatever it is you're trying to sell us. This house salvation. We've got house light over here doing other stuff. Being cool. Right. Like, especially with Mithrax going on missions with a full fire team. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I say full fire team, but he is what rounds out the fire team. Yeah. Well, he's got he's got a fire team of three. He is part of a fire team of three. Yeah. So he's a he's a he's not doing a Sloan fire team of nine bullshit. So <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. She's dead anyway. So meh. Anyway, um, this is this is just Praxis yelling at us <laughs> for like six paragraphs. Right. I do like um, that they included a lesson that they teach their children. Like I like to pick, I like to notice all the little like cultural things that they leave in, right? Uh, just because we don't we don't get them very often, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So a catch laden with the unnecessary will never fly. So you know, like don't put too much shit in the thing, or it won't do the thing. Yeah. And and that leads them to trying to teach their kids minimalistic lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It is the Elixir must update our approach if we're ever to rise. Either join us as we march toward progress or be swept aside. Um with the vestiid with the vesti Vestiality Vestigialities. Yeah, so like your appendix, that's what you are now if you don't want to join them. Or your, docked um, arms. Your big toe, your docked arms, your your womb tail, your tonsils, your gills, your womb gills. That's what you are. Your womb gills. If you if you don't join them, you might as well be womb gills. Put that on a shirt. I'm gonna read the next one. Yeah, that's probably wise. <laughs> This is 12, the priestess. Elixni. Critis, the priestess, cries out to you across the abyss. As we speak, the once ship stealer brings the promise of our people to pass. Soon we will rise to true prominence, united under one banner and one kel, with no gods but ourselves. For who withstood the whirlwind? Who pieced together catches and armories out of ruins and scraps? Who roamed the vast expanses for generations, subsisting on drips of ether and facing endless battle? Who survived? We did. Not the so-called great machine, nor the idols we crafted in its image. The Elixni survived. 
So why do we pine still for a light that shines not on us? Why do we still kneel to the servitors that we created? Because we are afraid. Because for all that we've suffered, for how long we've traveled, we clung tight to the belief that we were meant for higher existence, meant to evolve beyond our current forms. If only the whirlwind hadn't cut off our people from godliness too soon. This I believed as well. I mourned the death of our collective potential and our rituals and rites, felt the acid burn of despair in my body as I received succor from our prime servitor, dreamt of the day I turned my weeping eyes up to the sky and found it empty of salvation. I was blind, but Aramis removed the light from my eyes and now I see... So I entreat you, children of race, come receive clarity for yourselves. Witness the greatness of house salvation and the Kel who leads it. Rejoice, for she is who brought our servitors low where they belong will do the same to the great machine. The light holds nothing for us now. Long have we traveled in darkness. Now is our time to embrace it. More propaganda. I actually kind of feel that it was fitting that you read this because it started getting into like, you know, felt the acid burn. Oh, and is that a jab at how I'm really not careful when I'm at work and I have like 900 acid burns on me? Yes. Um, I thought so. Thanks. No problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is Critis talking, um, and she, I believe she's Aramis's number two, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Not much more I to, so. not much more yeah. to talk about because she's. It, it's all just literally propaganda. Mm-hmm. I am actually kind of digging all the propaganda in this. Like surprisingly enough, hear me out. We don't get like good propaganda in anything because it will in anything. And I mean, anything destiny because you're in the last city and that's it. Like the only leading body is really like the Vanguard or like the council, the consensus, you don't hear from them. The consensus, we don't hear from them. Like we do in a sense, but the consensus hasn't been able to actually form because there is no speaker yeah. i mean you can meet you can meet at the coffee shop down the street what's the speaker gonna do rise from that grave tell you no well no it, it was written in the city bylaws that the consensus can only meet with the speaker present and I'm, I'm pretty certain they could rewrite it in the event that the speaker gets cacked by the cabal I mean, well, nobody putting it out there. It, like the last city had hubris. They never expected the city to fall. Uh, last city's full of dumb people. Yep. Love it. You love to see it. But I mean, like with all their but hubris, yeah. you like really don't get, you know, really good propaganda. I haven't seen good propaganda like this in a while. I love it. Right. And and it's. it's uh, it's funny to get the the multiple viewpoints of it 
because they're mm-hmm. all saying like they're all trying to move to the same direction but they're all saying different things like mm-hmm. one is saying oh leave the traditions behind while the other is saying i remember the traditions so i entreat you you know come receive clarity well this is it's very much like one is the military might speaking to you know the veterans the ones who mm-hmm. remember the fight you have another one who is speaking to like the historians the ones who remember kind of the older ways and then you have the one speaking to you know the ones who worship the servitors and like the more religious body right more like faithful of the elixir and so like I like to see kind of like through that same cultural lens that we have that we've kind of had in all of these books because we have gotten little snippets here and there of right. the culture like we've talked about. So we get to see in, um, especially in The Priestess and the one that we just read, we get to see like that more of a religious aspect is we know that they worship the servitors because, you know, the, um, mm-hmm. it's but we don't know anything about that at all. We just know that they do. Well, we know that they worship the servitors because that is where their sustenance comes from. Yes. You know, it creates ether. They feed on ether. Right. But past that, like, yeah. And so seeing, seeing the way she's writing and the way that she's kind of speaking you know, and the language she's using is very fascinating. At least it is to me. I I'm enjoying it. I really like it a lot. Because again, it's it's you're getting different personalities talking. One mm-hmm. is very blunt and, you know, forceful, and then the other is very flowery and, you know, you're yep. you're getting that emotional mm-hmm response that emotional tie yeah that that heartstring tug right if that forceful blunt that blunt object to the temple if that isn't working for you you get that heartstring like oh but the puppies with the watery eyes and that one song by that one lady with the piano is playing what is it sarah mclaughlin yeah song (laughs) with the puppies and gay cages Yep. In the arms of an angel. Yeah, that yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> the puppy song. Yeah. <laughs> the song that the made me turn away from about. whatever show I was watching for 10 minutes. Yep. Because you were going to cry about some puppies. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I did too. Yeah. Let's read the next continue one? on. Mm-hmm. I'll read 13. The wild card. I am Atrax, the wild card, and I have been charged by my kill to speak to the youth of the Elixni. Those who, like me, have never known a life that wasn't wandering. Who have no memories of Rees, only tales of glorious cities under glowing green skies passed down from our elders. The very same ones who moan that we have never felt true peace, which can only be found under the shade of the great machine. Well, I, for one, am glad for it. I could not be more grateful the whirlwind came to slice the ties before I was entangled too. They told us it was destruction that visited that day, but what if it was our salvation? 
They called us unlucky to have been born in the dark of deep space, but we were born free. They say we lacked the light to truly see, but when we first opened our eyes, there was nothing to block our view of the vastness of the universe. So why do we let the nostalgia blind point the way? Why do we carry their dead dreams? They have turned their backs on the future. I say let them. All the easier to strike them down and finish the cleansing started long ago. Then you can join us on Rees Reborn. Ooh. So, did we know before that Atrax wasn't born on Rees? Uh, I believe we did. Okay. I think there was a mention. Okay, because I don't... don't remember that, but I'm wondering if it's just because like my brain is dumb from having worked all day. Which is entirely just possible. But um the things I learned from this is Atrax wasn't born on Reese. Reese has green skies, which I didn't know. <laughs> I'm pretty certain we did, but I didn't for some reason. Um I think it's interesting that Atrax has the same kind of viewpoint of nostalgia that I do that you shouldn't let nostalgia blind you um, and point your way that you should just kind of kick nostalgia in the butt and you know ignore it because then you know you're not gonna be able to see things for what they are I think that's really important both in this game and in life. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Destiny 1. <laughs> so it's... I'm I'm focusing on that part, too. Uh-huh. And I find it... It's, it's almost like... Like, I'm taking it as... They're talking about the... The players who have, you know, all that nostalgia. They, they want the old stuff back. Or, you know, the people who have quit and, you know, so why do we let the nostalgia blind point the way? Why do we carry their dead dreams? They have turned their backs on the future. And it's, it's like, I'm looking at it from that perspective because it, it's kind of funny to see it from that perspective, for me at least. Um, it's totally funny. <laughs> like it it's just I'm getting a chuckle out of it. Um but in the actual sense of in story, like they're telling Atrax is telling this to Elixni youths, you know, throwing pop mm-hmm. propaganda out there for the youths. For the young. I I love that. Yeah, for the Elixni youths. <laughs> totally had like a 21 jump street like look at me i am a youth (laughs) 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 like a tracks with like a side hat like a hat pulled off to the side like holding a skateboard like i am a youth (laughs) oh god (laughs) like steve buscemi yeah hello my fellow children yep it's steve buscemi but a (laughs) tracks 
hello, my fellow, ki- you know, teens. What up? Oh my god. <laughs> um, Sorry, it's funny. And what I... Because I actually did go back um, mm-hmm. to last week's show notes. Atrax is mm-hmm. the youngest of Aramis's council. Mm-hmm. And uh, she... Aramis actually says, you know, you are too young to remember the old house, what the devils were before. Hmm. So that tells me that she's only like within... She's a teenager. Right. Like she's not a full adult, but she's not a kid. Mm-hmm. So she's one of those youths. Yes. One of those youths. Mm-hmm. Those youths. I am too young to remember, she agrees. But my eyes are clear. I can see what the devils will be. So she's still got that optimism um, with a bit of skepticism in there. You know, well, I for one am glad for it. I could not be more grateful the whirlwind came to slice the ties before I was entangled too. Like it's... I think a lot of it stems from the fact that she's being told of these these stories of their home world and she's like well i've never known it so why would i feel Mm -hmm. good about it yeah you know it's it's similar to it's similar to kids these days because i'm such a boomer um it's similar to people that are young when people are trying to older people are trying to speak to kids and be like oh well you want you want you want america to be this way but you're like they they weren't alive they don't remember so you're doing a bad job of explaining the nostalgia or how you want it to be a certain way when they don't remember and weren't there for it yeah same kind of thing exactly it's it's hard to use nostalgia to teach somebody about something if they've never been there Right, because nostalgia only Mm -hmm. works if they feel the same way about the thing that you do. Right. And for somebody who has never actually seen, you know, Rees, she can't feel that nostalgia. Or, oh, trials used to be so good before it was the way it is now. Yeah. No? (laughs) Yeah. Got him. Got him. I am going to say one last thing about this entry, then I'll read the next one. Um, They say we lack the light to truly see. And light is capitalized, so it is the light that they're speaking about. But when we first opened our eyes, there was nothing to block our view of the vastness of the universe. Implying, sorry, excuse me, um, implying that the light and the traveler is blocking their idea of like, how large the universe is and how much there is out there for them to explore and was keeping them tethered to Reese. And almost like, uh, why would you want to leave when you have the shadow of the traveler or, you know, the great machine that you can live under where everything is peaceful and wonderful. That's how I took it. Why would you want to leave? Yeah. So why would you want to leave? Because it's so great. But without it, like the entire thing is without the traveler, why, why be shackled the whole point of this 
That's how I took this it. This could be distilled down. Yeah, distilled down to that one line. Yeah. Like, Atrax's entire being can be distilled down to that one sentence, I think. You know? Yeah. That's like her thesis statement. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Should I read the next one? Absolutely. All right. 14. The Scarred. Ha! So the Kell of Winter seeks the aid of Tanix, the Scarred. How formal. Wasn't long ago you called me self-serving scum and spat at my banterless armor. I might have ripped each and every one of your arms from you then and torn off your legs for good measure. But I sensed one day you'd come begging for my services. Lucky I am such a vulgar mercenary after all, eh? It works in your favor now that I hold payment above pride. Payment not just in glimmer. In blood and battle, too. Not one, Kel. Nah, no one house has been able to slake my thirst. No one job, either. Though, a break out of the prison of elders might come close. But for Axor, you asked me to pass over far greater warriors for that impotent Archon? You think he'll serve you better than Picus the Disavowed? Than Pyrrhus Palisbane? Than Kalzar? Than Drekthus? You'd choose Axor over the ship sealer? Aramis, who led the charge at the final attempt? Who hurled herself at the wretched light bearers? Who moved so quickly I would have sworn she had eight arms? When you're pathetic, Pathetic winter ones followed in her footsteps. They had to wade through the flood of life force she left in her wake. And still you wonder why I refuse my house pledge. You could conquer the system, but you'd rather adhere to these arbitrary customs. Axor belongs to winter and Aramis does not. Twice my usual price. The fee is for my restraint. It will take what little I have to free Axor over the fiercest of Elixni fighters. So we actually got a lot of information from this. We did. So Kel of Winter goes to Tanix and is like, I want you to break out Axor, my Archon. Axor being the Archon priest who got broken out of the Prison of Elders for the strike. Yes. Yes. The D1 strike, the Archon Priest. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and we got the information that, you know, twice my usual price, the fee is for my restraint. It will take what little I have to free Axor over the fiercest of Elixni fighters. So it was Tanix who broke into the Prison of Elders and actually... Freed Axor. It's crazy. Panix. <laughs> Somehow that doesn't surprise me. Right. Yeah. Panix is just good. a cockroach. Never truly dies. Ugh. So do you have anything else on this one entry? I thought it was no. Uh, that that was enough to please myself. Okay. Good. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. It's not phrasing if I intend it that way. Okay. (laughs) There's, like, so many ways I could have said those words wrong and made them, like, super, super lewd. (laughs) Oh, why are you likes any words so hard? 
<laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> did you like the book? I did. Me too. It's it was fun reading from the villain's standpoint and realizing that she's not much of a villain outside of just the methods that she's doing. Um, And I mean, ultimately she is a villain, you know, an enemy of humanity and guardians. But if she wasn't like, if she didn't have plans to actually go kill guardians and, you know, conquer the city and all that, I don't know if I, I, and after reading this, I don't know if I would have actually gone to kill her. Really? Really? It, like I'm I said, surprised. I mean, she she made it a point that, you know, she is an enemy of humanity, an enemy of, you know, the city and the reef. Mm-hmm. So that's why we had to defend, you know, defeat her. But if she didn't, I honestly don't think I would have. Yeah. It's true. I um, I really like the book. I hadn't really put a whole lot of thought into it because it was really long. It was one of the longer books and a little bit harder to get into. I really like the Elixney, but a lot of times Elixney stuff is really hard to kind of crack, if you know what I mean. Like Picus the Disavowed? Penis the disavowed. God. Yes. So, um, I kind of was saving this book for towards the end of reading all the lore books. But, um, I really like this book because it gives us a greater understanding of all the people that we meet in Beyond Light. And so I think this is kind of like the Beyond Light book. I would definitely if agree. I, had to, I think if I had to choose one of the books that we got from Beyond Light, like this is it. I would definitely agree. Like this is the this is the reason why we're doing the thing. Yeah. Like this book is why. I mean, this sets it up perfectly. This is mm-hmm. why we have to go do the thing on Europa. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I like that they laid it out really well, considering. So I think it's it's really good. It's really well thought out, and it has little snippets of... It has, like, these tidbits of their history and culture and personalities, and it's all, like, little tasty morsels that I love. It's like... Right. It's like nom-noms. And I, so, like, I, the, the lore gremlin in me is, like, well-fed after this book. Right. And I love the fact that they have the little nods in there, you know. But for Axor, you ask me to pass over far greater warriors for that impotent Archon? Yes. Like, me being the person that I am, I paid attention to the Archon priest's name. And it's like, oh, hey, or Kelkis. We're bringing that up again. <laughs> hey, I got access. I got one of them. Not even Skolas? Give me my... 
<laughs> Give me my one Wrath of the Machine reference, please. <laughs> Not even Sco... You didn't even get the Skolas reference? I like got the Skolas <laughs> reference. Come on, give me that. No, I got like the harder one of Axis. Everyone gets Skolas. Jeez Louise. No, everyone gets uh, Tanix. He gets around. Tanix is the village bicycle of destiny. <laughs> but he's just a shank tank. <laughs> I don't know. Cover yourself, uh, Tanix. Your shank is showing. Oh no, God, why? <laughs> why? Elmas, do you have any shout outs? Can we can we save this tonight? <laughs> uh shout out to my nephew. Um uh, yesterday, being February twenty first was his birthday he is three years old and a lot of the times whenever i actually speak with him i i try and get him to talk and he just growls like a dinosaur so i will growl back but yesterday we were on a a voice or a video chat and uh it was the first time that he actually called me uncle that's so great yeah. I'm so happy for you. He's actually calling you by real words and not dinosaur sounds. Right? Mm-hmm. No, I mean granted so it great. granted it was because he was trying to get my attention so we could do dinosaur sounds. Mm. But still <laughs> taking a win I mean, where I can get still, it. Yeah, you know what? Like d- just take the take the victory. <laughs> exactly. Just, <laughs> just take the victory, yeah. Um, I am going to shout out, um, Sixth Coyote and Dr. Herbivore, two of my friends. Hi. Hi, guys. Just because. They're super nice and supportive, and I'm glad to know them. So, hello. That's good. Yeah. I'm happy to have them as friends. So, that makes me happy. Um, We have some special thanks for this episode. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshockby. He can be found on Twitter at Volshockby. The music in this episode is copyright of Bungie, and we're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. Thank you so much, Bungie. If you'd like to dive into the Destiny lore on your own, please visit the ishtarcollective.net. Uh, Ishtar-Collective.net. You, you can just search Ishtar Collective on Google and you'll find them. Um, they're where we make our show notes. Hi, Baxter. Um, for a reminder, you can find us on Twitter at Guardians underscore Lore. You can find me at Hey It's Orchid. You can find Elemist at I underscore Am underscore Elemist. You can leave us an email at Guardians underscore Lore at Outlook.com. Leave us a review. Join our Discord. Elemist is Goodbye. It's chaotic.
what word is that? Chelchis? Or is it Kelkis? Kelkis. Kelkis? All right, go with Kelkis. Like, you know, the scout rifle from King's Fall. Oh, shit, is it? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Felt the acid burn of despair in my body as I received succor from our prime servitor. Is that how you say that? That sounds wrong. <laughs> what, prime servitor? Uh, no. Oh. Prime, of course I can read prime servitor. This one. Yeah, I, I'm looking it that up. Sounds like, that sounds like a naughty word. <laughs> uh, sucker. Is it? Okay. Assistance well. in time of distress. Relief. Okay. I'm in I'm in distress right now because it sounds like a real dirty word. I'm giving you sucker. <laughs> oh god, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you to. I can do it myself. <laughs> I can sucker in my own mouth, thanks. Giggity. I'm gonna go back. Oh, where was I? Oh, yeah, felt. Where they belong will do the same to the great machine. What? That's not a sentence. Is that? One moment. Brought our servitors low where they belong. I guess if they belong low, do your servitors hang to and fro? Rejoice for who, she who brought our servitors low where they belong will do the same to the great machine. No, that 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 is exactly what is written. Do your servitors hang low? Do they wobble <clears throat> to and fro? Well, and, and it's talking about, you know, for she who brought our servitors low where they belong. Right. We'll do the same. To and fro. You tie them in a knot. No, my balls don't hang low. Do you tie them in a bow? No. Can you throw them over your shoulder? No. Like a continental soldier? Anyway. No, it, it's saying rejoice. For she who did things will do the same okay. to the great machine. Do the other things? Okay. So it's proper. Rejoice. For she who did stuff will do the same to the other stuff. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Rejoice. For she who brought our servitors low where they belong will do the same to the great machine. But for Axor, you ask me to pass over far greater warriors for that impotent Archon? You think he will serve you better than Picus? <laughs> I almost said penis. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, I need to go back. These are all hard words. Hold on. Picus, the disavowed, Pyrrhus, Pyrrhus, Palisbane, Cal, Calzard, Drekthus. God damn it. You got this. Stupid word. Oh my god, why are you getting the hard one? Uh, you Axor, did this to yourself. You oh, fuck, I know, right? If you'd like to dive into the Destiny lore on your own, please visit 
please. Can you, can you just. Please, fish it. Dive into. I hate you.